Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and a regular guest, RJ Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Hey, RJ, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing okay. We had a bit of a, a bug run through the house, and suddenly uh, everyone was down for the count, it seemed like, uh, but but we're recovering. Sounds like fun. And making it through. Yeah. Um, yeah, how about you guys? How was uh, I, you've sent me a bunch of uh, winter uh, pictures and and videos. So, how are you guys surviving the the first winter blasts? Yeah, it's uh, it's actually pretty good so far. We've we've had a couple of days where it was below minus twenty Celsius, but other than that, it's you know nothing crazy. Um, below minus I've, twenty Celsius. <laughs> well, yeah, it yeah. Um, there's always. People frown when you say it's a different cold, it's a dry cold, but it does make a difference when the humidity mm-hmm. is is barely existent. Like I always say, you know, in Holland, we had these days sometimes where it was minus five or minus eight Celsius and, and it would chill you to the bone no matter what you wore. And here you can literally put a couple of extra layers on. You, you need to make sure that you don't have any skin exposed and that kind of thing, but um, mm-hmm. it, it's easier to stay warm, I find. But uh, yeah, we we went through a little bit of uh, sickness probably a week before you guys did. Um, yeah, so I, I everybody's you. finally recovered, and I blamed you for passing it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next time, yeah. I, I should be wearing my mask right now. I guess you know all this wireless internet and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right? it's, uh, easier transmission. <laughs> it's coming right there. But um, um, yeah, it's been a while that we chatted. It's uh, well, we had plans. And- yeah, well, we, yeah. We, <laughs> we had plans and um, we had uh, we had interviews scheduled. And uh, just so everybody knows, like we had to actually switch software systems because we had some a lot of technical issues. So it, it was not intentional that we went this long in between episodes. It just sort no. of just sort of happened that way. Yeah. And uh, and I must say, like the whole summer, it felt that the season was so long away. And now all of a sudden it's caught up to me that, that mm-hmm. you know, we're pretty much there. So it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, I've been... right off the bat, I'll 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 say that um, due to earlier mentioned sickness and other things going on, I just haven't been able to uh, keep up as much as I could with all the biathlon news. Although, yeah, I don't. The, typically, that's not really uh, f- for me anyway. I I get more motivated and interested when it really starts. So, uh, racing will be happening in less than a week. I know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so we have time still. We have still time to uh, to catch up. Um, I I feel the same though. I I have mentioned several times on past episodes about these these season previews that everyone is starting to see, and and um, I, I realize now I even started them too late. I should have started them probably in July uh, because mm. they're taking so much time. And I'm looking now, and I've realized that uh, uh, what do we have? Five real days left, and I still have to get through. Uh, the Czech Republic is basically ready to go, but Finland, the United States, Slovakia, Germany, Sweden, France, Norway, and uh, those are some pretty pretty hefty nations there at the end. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Uh, we have Thanksgiving weekend coming up, so um, I might just be uh, sitting in a room with with Katie's family and just uh, typing furiously away on my laptop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'm we'll looking see. forward to it. I, I mentioned. Uh to jordan just before we started recording that i haven't had a chance to read his uh, first pieces yet but uh, i'm sure they're going to be fun and interesting to read so and those can well, be found on penalty loop 
Fantasyloop.com. Absolutely. They are there. And uh, Twitter is still up and running. Uh, Elon Musk hasn't crashed it yet. Um, that's a joke. Please, Elon, don't take me down. Um, and uh, You're going to red check, Mark, for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll, they'll, they'll shadow ban me or whatever the, the phrase is. So. Yeah. Um, but no, but we uh, have an alternative now. We do. We do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Head over to Mastodon. Um, do what? Uh, what did you Mastodon? Know? Have you not heard of Mastodon? No. Apparently, it's like uh, it's, people are talking about uh, Mastodon as uh, as the new alternative Twitter. But I, oh. I went over there, and there's no biathlon community yet, and I didn't feel like making it. So, oh, okay. um, yeah, no, I, I was referring to the Slack. Yeah, uh, the Slack group. channel. The Slack. The Slack, the Slack channel. channel. So, uh, yeah. where everybody's yeah. welcome. So, if you didn't see the tweet with the invite, mm. I can send it again or people I, can just fire me a tweet i or... was planning on posting it uh around the time of the first races again okay so that uh sure. i think that'll be the time when we see the most the yeah. most people um but yeah the all of the uh all of the the season previews are coming up on penaltyloop.com so far uh, i believe we started with austria then slovenia then switzerland um and italy and canada have come up and then czech republic should be coming nice. out shortly looking forward to it so, do you want to start looking at uh, at this season by taking a look back at last year? Seems like the thing to do. Yeah, I just uh, I thought it would be nice to just maybe spend one minute to to go over this summer in the sense of uh, oh yeah, you know we we didn't really have much of a plan to be very honest. Uh, at the end of the season, <laughs> we were just like, oh, let's let's you know connect with some athletes or coaches and uh, see if they want to chat with us and and. Looking back, I'm just, you know, having talked to people that have, you know, multiple gold medals, both in the the World Cup and World Championships and Olympic medals, and people were so generous and kind to uh, sit down in some cases up to two hours and uh, share so much information. So uh, another, I just wanted to highlight that and and, uh, say thank you to all the guests that we uh, had the the pleasure of uh, of hosting in this past summer and you know it seemed like uh, people enjoyed it so it wasn't just fun for us and our guests but also for uh, people in the uh, biathlon community absolutely a huge thank you to everyone who who talked to us a huge thank you to everyone who listened and and gave feedback and uh i have to say that um there were many many moments uh that uh, I would be sitting there talking to people and I would have to realize and like really buckle in and say, oh my gosh, I really am talking to, you know, Egil Yolanda or, 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 you know, fill in the blank, you know, uh, you know, and it just, it was sort of a, a stunning moment. So, yeah. um, yeah, no, I, I echo RJ's sentiments entirely. Well, and originally we, uh, we used to record just by, uh, just strictly audio. And then at some point we switched to the, uh, now departed software, but, uh, we have an alternative that, allows us to see each other um even though we're just recording the audio but that uh yeah that really hit at home when you're just staring at somebody yes. who's you yeah. who you've seen on tv so many times and uh yeah it was, yeah. Uh, it was really cool that was wild absolutely anyway yeah let's uh do a quick recap uh of last season what we can remember <laughs> <laughs> you're the, the the first thing that comes to my mind is is the getting up at two in the morning for uh, watching the olympics. <laughs> the olympics yeah yes yeah those were uh those were early mornings oh man yeah. i honestly like i don't know how i did it i i i say like i don't know if i could do it again but uh uh i'm sure you know 
I will be ready to do it again in about a week. So yeah, uh, just just need to see those first races start. Well, and it's funny because I I do also remember after the Olympics that you know the normal World Cup was on again, and I had to get up at five a.m. or four thirty, <laughs> and it felt like sleeping. In. Yeah, it was glorious. <laughs> yeah, because with the Olympics, man, I had a couple times where it was like, should I just stay up and wait for the race? Or yeah, yeah. It's the the funny thing was was there was an actual strange convenience for me for the Olympics and that the races were so early that they never impacted work. And hmm. then when the, uh, when the normal races started again, suddenly they had to, uh, I had a couple days where I had to juggle, uh, racing and, uh, or the, the races and, the <laughs> work at the same time. Yeah. That's really a pain. So I was like, there was a part of me that was sort of like, yep. oh, I kind of missed the four a.m. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I actually, I, I, um, yeah, that's actually a good way of thinking about it. So, what when when thinking about last year, what is the the number one thing that comes to mind? And and yeah, so I think the Olympics was the number one thing that would have come to mind mm-hmm. for me as well. And 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 obviously, especially the, a mixed relay. Yeah, the mixed relay race was wild. <laughs> what a way. Yeah. To, yeah, what a way to do it. And and the mixed relay, and then also just it was um, obviously there were more races than ever, but but having three different in, different individuals when. But they yeah. won six medals. I mean, that's wild. So, yeah. um, well, and, the whole season was, uh, yeah, pretty uh, top heavy, just pure dominance, right? Yeah. And, yep. uh, I actually did a, uh, a piece for the biathlon insider at the end of the season and they haven't published it yet. I don't know if they're still going to, but I basically did a comparison of, uh, um, uh, Marta Olsby Roisland and, uh, Elvira Urbeck and, like Elvira did not have a bad season by any means. Mm-hmm. But if you still look at the dominance, so they both had 20 races. Marta won four. Uh, she had 13 podiums, 16 flower ceremonies, mm-hmm. and her worst rank was 12th. <laughs> and then on skiing time, her average rank was 8th. On range time, 8.9th. Uh, shooting time fifteen sixteen and her average shooting percentage ninety one percent. Like that's just unbelievably <laughs> it's unreal. Consistent as well. Like yeah, because yeah. hey. I, I think the numbers that Elvira had were um you know, if let's say Roisland wasn't there, like she would have been totally at the you know, mm-hmm. right at the top. Mm-hmm. And and she still was, but I mean yeah, what Roisland did last year was just incredible. And, you know, uh, Quentin Fiamier, the same story. So consistent yeah. at, at such a high level, that's pretty much impossible to beat, right? For all intents and purposes, those two had the overall Crystal Globe wrapped up by, you know, before the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah, it was, was incredible, incredibly impressive. You know, sort of uh, an, another interesting way of looking at it, though, is that... Um, it's it also puts into perspective how good Elvira was that Marta Roisland was that good and yet it wasn't statistically I don't think that that Roisland had it locked up numbers wise until the very last weekend of the season yeah that's so true just that yeah. just that Elvira was also able to compete at such a high level to still maintain a mathematical chance at overtaking her yes yeah. it just shows that it sort of it, it speaks to just the dominance of of not only Roisland, but just those two together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if and, I remember correctly, Quentin Fionnier, he, he uh, yeah. won it with a couple of weekends still to go. 
couple Sorry. weekends to go. I think uh, Jack Land for a while was the only guy who had a chance, and and he sort of fell off a bit at the in early part of January. Um, and then Lagride, I think he he made a, a late season push, but he just started so mm-hmm. far behind that it just wasn't. He, he yeah, I think uh, all the other men had, had inconsistent seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and then yeah. and then JT Bo just. He didn't start off well. He peaked at the Olympics, and then uh, he took some time off. Mm-hmm. Well, well, good for and, him. And I guess we, we've talked about it a lot last season, that last year was a weird year with people. Yep. You know, I think it was the Swedes who kind of just went all in and, and mm-hmm. saw the Olympics as part of their season, where it seemed like Norway was really focusing on the Olympics with their preparation and planning. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully... This year we'll uh, we'll see a bit more, I guess, evenly balanced planning for yeah. for all the teams and all the athletes. Yeah, it's really fascinating because I think that the uh, the Norwegians and the French had the the most uh, the most diametrically opposed uh, sort of plans for the year. With mm-hmm. the, the Norwegians definitely planning to peak for the the Olympics, and the French just kind of going straight through. I think Fiona even had a couple of statements during the season about how he thought that you know why sacrifice the overall when you know for for the olympics you know just just race every race right um and and <laughs> they both ended up having amazing success right i mean royce and bo with the uh the six medals each and then fiona was right there too with six medals although royce himself she did a bit of a different approach than the rest of the norwegian she team, did wasn't it? she did yeah. that's true yeah she she was sort of a um yeah but that's sort of always been her story i think right she's mm-hmm. always been a little bit separate from the the rest of the team well and even this year until mm-hmm. when was it last monday i listened to that german podcast and they were saying that uh, roiseland will definitely start the the season because there was some debate if she would even be ready and uh mm. so i guess that's that's good news but uh yeah i'm uh, i'm kind of jumping all over the place but uh on the other end of the scale tiro lakoff sounds like mm-hmm. will definitely not start the season and I've, um, no, but I think that's know. actually a good point, though, right? Because she was also a huge part of last year, uh, her yep. struggles, right? And it sort of she she, ha- she finished the year strong, but then then the summer seemed to fall right back into the same stories of struggles, right? To just, yep. and it almost there was there were there motivational struggles, were there physical struggles, and and I don't know. Have you heard anything new besides the fact that she's not starting the first weekend? No, the only thing that I've seen in multiple articles is the reference to, I guess, what they call long COVID. So that, you know, mm-hmm. some people struggle with it for a couple of weeks and then they're kind of back to normal. And um, that she just has more issues with it that last longer. You you probably wait no way more than, than I do about it. But um, so, yeah, that's that's really unfortunate for her. And then I think, you know, mentally... Like you said, she was very inconsistent last year after, you know, the prior season where she she had this whole phase where she could barely miss. Yes. Right? And then yeah. Uh, yeah. to have a uh, to have the struggles in the range the season after and then going physically through some issues. So, yeah, I hope uh, I hope on a personal level that she's doing well. I think she got married, too, on the summer, didn't she? She did. Yeah, she so, did. So, I mean, she definitely had some, some positive stories there. Um, yeah, so I just hope that if it's something medical, either uh, uh, physical or, or mental, that she uh, will find a way to get out because, uh, 
you know, other than being a good biathlete, she's just also a really cool personality to have on the tour. So um, she'll definitely every, be missed. Every interview, you know, when she was during that, that really, I mean, for, for most of her career, but especially that last couple of seasons where she was so on top of the world, you know, it, she had yeah. just sort of this like chipper, happy personality and to not see that yeah. is sort of, yeah, it, it sort of makes you sad because uh, it was always there. Uh, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully she's able to, to find kind of what's been missing for. Yeah, maybe she can look up that. Uh, I don't. I think I sent you that video at some point where she had a, a Norwegian comedian slash TV host who uh, tested her. Um, her, well, how would you say that? Well, anyway, he he tried to distract her as much as as possible, yes. like putting yes. a snake on her neck and and yes. being dressed up as some uh, <laughs> some. <laughs> in some weird outfit and she just laughs so hard and so genuinely and and yeah it's just hopefully she can watch that and and that might bring the giggles back to her because uh yeah yeah we could all use it yeah did you uh what do you think of the summer the we had the uh the festivals that i think mm, for the first yeah. year were sort of under the ibu umbrella i'm not sure how it was arranged exactly but uh at yeah, least there's that was, plan of bringing them together. I thought there was more um, more emphasis on them. There was definitely more, I thought, more advertising for them being mm-hmm. around. What was interesting, I thought that there was, this is just a personal thing, more, maybe this is just being in the United States and you can't find them to watch, but it seemed like there was more talk about them than actually <laughs> being able to see them. Just like the talk right. about their existence was was more than the ability, than the actual, than the actual racing that took place. But um I think that I, I struggle with summer biathlon. We've talked about this a little bit, but yeah, um, how much do you take away from it? I, I generally, my rule of thumb for summer biathlon is you don't penalize anybody for bad performances because you know maybe they're just they're training through it, um, and you don't get too high on anybody for for a spectacular summer performance. But there were a couple of good summer performances, like uh, Lisa Vitazzi. She looked a little bit better, All right? And uh, Vera looked solid, and I think Davidova had a good summer. So, and then Christensen also he always has a good summer. So yeah, no, no well, surprises I think there. especially for the the shooting part, it's yeah, um, yeah. it's 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 more of an indicator I think than than the skiing because I mean that skiing the physical aspect of the skiing just has a lot to do with where they yeah. are in their planning. But and I mean, well, and also I know with say, shooting they they build it up too, but yeah. Wasn't say we talked to Christian Wolf about this, and he mentioned mm-hmm. how, like with the with summer biathlon, you get your uh, your roller skis, and there's no technological advantage for any of the any of the mm-hmm. nations. So, yeah, sort of, it's just it's a little bit, you know, more even. Yeah, more even. So, yeah, can't uh, no fluoride wax on the wheels of yeah. the roller ski. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so some some of these people who looked like they were a lot closer to the top athletes might might suddenly look like they've they've lost some of their form, where in fact they just don't have the same technological advantage right. on, yeah. on their skis yeah i don't know, I, I tend not i try not to get too high or too low off of summer biathlon though it's a it's a good distraction in the middle of uh august but mm-hmm. yeah and i'll always knock on wood when the snow is on the ground here if i pass another <laughs> summer on roller skis without any major falls and <laughs> i remember seeing a picture of uh was it vera that was all scraped up at some point mm-hmm and, Yes, um, yeah. I think there was a German athlete who made a fall 
It didn't mm-hmm. look very uh, nice and tan revolt, I think. So yeah, it's uh, speaking it's of still scary. I don't. There was a, a a video recently from Royceland training, and she was, I believe, she was on roller skis, but there was like a really slushy, wet, nasty slop snow on the roads <laughs> that she was having to slide through. Ugh. It looked absolutely miserable. So you know, congratulations to these these athletes for going out there and training. Because if I saw something like that, I would say, nope, you know. I'll wait for another day. Yeah, and even wetness is already like you just instantly lose grip with uh, with wheels. So I, I just yeah. always keep thinking. So in uh, in Canmore, there's this section that gradually it's a kind of a gradual long downhill with a steeper section and an S curve at the bottom. So you can't really see what's coming up after. I mean, I know the track, but um, in in the Canmore Nordic Center, it's part of a provincial park. So there's also bears and mm-hmm. cougars and that kind of thing. Now cougars, you won't necessarily see. Uh, very often, but bears could just be like standing next to the path there or whatever. And I'm always worried because, you know, I, I've measured it in the past. You go about 40, 50 kilometers down that hill at the steepest section, and then there's a big curve to the left. And I'm always like, obviously, I'm careful not to fall because that would be scary. But I always worry about, you know, ending up there seeing a bear <laughs> right at the end of the track, and there's no way you can break, right? So, yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, and I've I've seen some deer there and some uh, some mountain goats at some point. So your first reaction is holy crap, but uh, it's <laughs> just in qu- in quotes uh, a mountain goat. So uh, yeah, anyway, uh, uh, those are the, the fun things of uh, roller skiing in uh, in Canmore. Man, yeah, if you did it around here, you'd have to look out for the gators. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, they're a little slower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. So, uh, um, yeah, I was going to say, was there anything else from the summer that uh, that really stood out to you? No. Yeah, I have a couple of random things I wrote down that are sort of popped up in my on the periphery of my radar, uh, sort of like some preseason or, or offseason things. And um, I don't know how much we spoke about them. I think some of the time we, we, we had mentioned these with some of the interviews we did. But one of them was... Uh, well, we mentioned the Norwegian women, uh, Ekhoff and Royceland, and coming into the season certainly not on their uh, not on their game. Um, I think you mentioned already that it looks that uh, Ekhoff is certainly not racing. I I had actually seen yesterday that Royceland might not be racing. I know that they confirmed she was going to, but it looks like she might not race this coming oh. week. Also, so I don't know what's okay. happening. Um, and uh, yeah, so and then Tangervold had had missed time recently with with illness. Um, and, and she's right. Back, so yeah. she really, missed the uh, races uh, that they yeah. use for qualifications, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, so so a little bit of upheaval time for uh, for the Norwegian women. Um, mm-hmm. I guess we'll see how how that. And um, I'm still like I'm okay with the fact that I may never find out, but I'm still mm-hmm. upset not knowing what happened between Ekhoff and Tandervolt, who had that you know contude podcasts mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there was always these videos on youtube of them like having so much fun and then i remember talking about it at Nothing. the olympics that yep. you noticed that Eckhoff and no was it tanrevold and roiseland that were like taking pictures at the olympic sign and anyway yeah whatever happened um i hope they figured out it's none of my business but uh it just really seemed to change in a very short time span it did, and 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 
it might be true, true and unrelated, but with everything they have both been through since then, you know, mm. obviously Ekhoff seemingly, but, but 10 year old having her own health issues at the Olympics, which were just exhaustion maybe, but, um, you know, they they were such good friends. You kind of hope that they would be able to piece it back together, to patch it back together, because I think they yeah. both use each other as support system. This bit mm-hmm. is what I'm trying to say. Well, absolutely. And I do remember video of, uh, and I forgot, I think it was a race where Eckhoff had like four or five misses and Tandervolt basically hogging her right after. And mm-hmm. yeah, So hopefully, yeah, like you said, they can get that back. Absolutely. And, and talking um, about relationships, uh, yeah. I'm very curious how, um, if there's any effect of the uh, Swaparoo and the, the Swedish team. I think that was already part of last season, but uh, I still wonder how that impacts. I, uh, yeah, I hope they, yeah, they can all have found a way to deal with it and move on. But uh, yeah, you know, must still be uh, weird. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll just say that it would be very strange for me. I would, I would have a hard time with it. But yeah. I, you know, maybe, maybe that's a me problem, and maybe they're more, uh, more involved yeah. than me on, on that, and, and they can all be. All be she, fine. So it, Hannah is now together with Ponsaloma. Is that right? And she used to be with Samuelson. Um, I think that was the, the typing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna search this right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we want to make sure we get that right before, uh, you know, all those Swedish podcast listeners are... We've uh, moved in! Hannah Oiberg, uh, in a article uh, here, describes uh, living with Martin Ponchaloma. Okay, well then, let's just assume that they're together then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not complicate things anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. You know, yeah, that- I- happy for them. They they look happy course, in these yeah. pictures, so yeah. that's 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 terrific. Like I said, I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot, you know, it's, uh, with with all that stuff. But it, I, this is one of those many many times that I thank thank every everything that uh, that I am married and don't have to worry about about that yes. sort of stuff right now. You know, yeah, yeah, but, for sure. No, but I, I think that it's not unreasonable to bring it up because it is the kind of thing that if that gets rocky can impact your performance mm-hmm. um, that kind of stress can definitely impact your performance so you know kind of or maybe use it as a positive motivator or yeah this is true as well didn't you mention that was it no I was going to say Andrea Henkel she uh, she met Tim Burke but it was right after her amazing world cup or her right. world championship performance so right yeah so. Now that makes okay. me wonder what happened to uh, <laughs> Sturla Holm-Lagreit and uh, ah. was it Deirdre Irwin? Mm, yeah, that, so that were skating their warm-up laps together. Yes, in, uh, yeah. but that was not last season. I think that was a, yeah, season it was a couple before, of years so ago. Yeah, I think yeah, it's I safe to assume that that's no longer active. Haven't seen anything there. Yeah. No. So, yeah. well, we'll keep a lookout, and uh, we'll actually maybe we'll make this a, a, a weekly thing. We'll do a uh, this weekend buy up on love. Um, well, well talking about that, for it. Um, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> we've mentioned this before, but it, it makes a link to the data uh, aspect of biathlon. Oh, yes, with these people changing names, uh, for example, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what her new name is. Um, oh, the German, why can't I think of that now? Herman, yeah, Denise Herman is now Denise Herman Winks or something. Yeah, I can't. Anyway, there's I, an addition. I, I can't remember and, it either. Yep. Yeah. 
So and um, uh, Catherine Comats and I, I had six or seven different women change mm-hmm. their names over the course of the off season. And yeah. so um, that's gonna. I, I promise you. I think I've mentioned this before, but there will be a race where I am furiously typing my you know crazy Twitter updates, and uh, I will say, "Oh, this newcomer on the World Cup circuit," and it's actually <laughs> yeah. somebody you know, <laughs> been thirty-five for a decade, yeah, thirty-five-year-old <laughs> veteran yeah. on the tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah. I apologize. Yeah, because uh, that, that's definitely so, going to happen. Yeah, for the data nerds, just a reminder to always use the IBU mm-hmm. ID rather than the name. Um, I, I had just a couple other things I wanted to throw out mm-hmm. there. We mentioned Lisa Batazzi. She did have uh, nose surgery this summer, so right. maybe that uh, was everything she needed to uh, to figure out her shooting. I don't know. And I had a large number of clicks on my article uh, from a, <laughs> an IP address in Italy. In so. Italy. Oh, okay. There we Maybe go. her uh, <laughs> her strategy will change, and and uh, ah, she must be nervous for that first race for the shooting. Oh, eh? I mean, she was doing better yeah. at the end of the season, but still, the, yeah, the, it's going to be. Yeah, but you have to be nervous. But she did really, really well in the summer. I know. So yeah. Hopefully, she can just forget about Fingers it. Fingers crossed for her and go yeah. out there. Um, uh, dipping by her toes back into the Norwegian waters, uh, Sievert Bakken, uh, mm-hmm. if I pronounced his name correctly. Um, he is going to miss at least the first part of this season. It looks like he has pericarditis. Um, Sorry, can you explain what that is? That is inflammation of the lining of the heart. Ooh. Yeah, not good. No. Um, it actually is not entirely uncommon in young men, especially young athletic men. Um, so uh, there was a big study that happened, and, and it actually it happens a lot in soccer players. Um, so we don't see it as much in, in biathletes, obviously, because we haven't heard about it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, could be related to COVID, could be related to COVID vaccine. It has been seen with both. I mean, the overall numbers are very low with both, but okay. you know, just throwing that out there you know, as, as to why would, would this particular you know, otherwise in-shape athlete get sick. But he is... But do you typically recover from it? or Typically is it recover that- fully. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so he is very young and even if he misses the entire season, he should recover 100%. Okay. Yeah. I, and, I had really high hopes for him based on his, uh, oh my gosh, his yeah. stats, even though it was a small sample size, but, uh, oh, and he yeah, finished he, the season great last year too. Yeah. Um, and then I had mentioned, uh, uh, one of the other things, Lucas Hofer, uh, training with the Swedes, mm-hmm. um, and seeing how that plays out going forward. Um, I mentioned not my only with actually. the Swedes, though. Oh no, he exactly. Did, he didn't Tra- fully switch. He, he yeah, still trained he, with his own team too. But uh, but in the article about the one of the things I mentioned was was that too much training? I mean, that's that's a crazy thing to talk about. But it it sounded like from uh, was it when we were talking to Armin Ockenthaler that uh, he the, the United States head coach he um, was doing training camps with the Swedes and then also doing training camps with the Italians. And that just mm-hmm. seems like a lot of training camps. Um, but look, but they don't necessarily for, have to have like you can do a training camp with very low. Uh, I don't yeah, know, participation. I always forget or, what those levels are and stuff. But uh, that's true. Yeah, not not getting all the way to your red line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, but it is. Um, um, so we talked about Lisa and, and Luke's Hofer, but mm-hmm. I'm still a bit confused about the whole mm, team the assignments uh, in the Italian team. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know. I haven't really heard much other than in the beginning of the off-season that, you know, Lisa Fatazzi and the Olympic team and then Vera and yeah. Lucas Hofer kind of on their own and just seemed a bit weird to me. But uh, So yeah. I will say that I had a similar confusion. And then when I actually started doing my season previews, the reason that they made the split makes more sense. Um, 
there are a ton of young Italian athletes mm. that are between the ages of like 21 and 24. Um, and they've grouped those all together into a team called, I think it's like the, it's basically the Olympics 2026 team. Um, and it's both on the, the men and the women's side. So I think that they're trying to group them as like a team to like, they're, they're focusing on a four year, a four year cycle. And then they're leaving um, Veer and Hofer as sort of independent doing their own thing and sort of a different sort of training cycle. That's my guess. I, I haven't read anything about that, but just looking at their ages, I, I think that's the, that's how, how they were putting that together. So would that kind of suggest that Veer and Hofer are not participating in 2026? Yeah. Is that I think the they're expectation? leaving the door open, uh, right. but yeah. not expecting it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I just, uh, it would make more sense if they're, if they're, if they're aiming for a, not necessarily this year is the most important or next year is the most important, but a whole four year improvement. Right. And trying right. to identify, you know, your top four or five biathletes, you know, for the next four years, then I kind of right. understand why they did it. And for Claire, um, Vitazzi's on that, on that biathlon or sorry, yeah. on the Olympics, 2026 team. Yep. She is. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And she's younger too, right? She's 27. So that makes right. sense. Younger than Vera. I mean, yeah. Oh. Yep. Um, And then the last thing I had was, uh, and, and I don't know how much we want to talk about this, but uh, the Russians and the Belarusians, of course, are not going to be racing again on mm -hmm. the, the IBU this year. Um, from top to bottom, juniors, IBU Cup, World Cup, they won't be there. Um, yeah. Sounds like they're going to be setting up and doing their own thing. Uh, I, we haven't really talked about this, but um, I don't know that we're going to be mentioning a whole lot of them on this podcast. No. So, and I, and I do, for. you know, regardless of, of, yeah. uh, no, well, not, I know, let's not go into that, but, um, I do miss the athletes on the tour. Uh, there was definitely a couple of them that were doing really well until they, uh, were mm -hmm. no longer in the tour. Um, so it's not with all due respect, but if, uh, an athlete that's, you know, kind of an 80th place is taken out. As much as that is really unfortunate for that athlete, it's not really impacting the yeah. the World Cup yeah. so much. And uh, and again, I I say this with a lot of respect for those athletes. Um, but you know, we had uh, um, Alim Bakova who was doing really well. Uh, mm -hmm. A couple of male athletes that were really doing well. So in that sense, it's just really unfortunate. And uh, you know, in in football or or. Uh, hockey or whatever you you have those seasons where you have a little asterisk or the Barry Bonds home runs or what you know there's a little yep. asterisk that yep. basically says well this season was kind of different and it's almost to a point where you'd want to do that for these seasons but uh, yeah it's a it's unfortunate that they're no not there and uh, yeah maybe let's leave it at that I agree let's leave it at that Have you uh, heard much from the American team? I followed the Canadian team a little bit. Uh, there were some minor surprises. Well, not surprises, mm -hmm. I suppose, but some, some young members added to the different levels. Um, anything on the U.S. team? That well, I was going to ask or? about the Canadians first because I was just about to publish my uh, Canada uh, season preview, and then I, I thankfully quickly went back and uh, – looked at their uh who was going to be on their teams and i was like oh gosh i completely 
mess this up. So um, I had to reorganize a little bit. So <laughs> I was going to ask you about a couple of these. Do you, do you, are there, uh, do you guys know, especially you being out in, in Calgary, Canmore area, there are uh, a handful of like younger names who got, uh, who got bumped up to the, the, the world cup level that I just didn't know a lot about. Um, I, I can't name them from the top of my head, but I do yeah. remember going through the list and not like, like Sherrington. I'd heard of these names one yeah. way or another. Um, some were coming up through the uh, uh, BATC from uh, from Matthias that we Got talked it. to. So I've, mm-hmm. I've heard the names before, um, but I, I can't say I really followed okay. them in a lot of depth. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's, you know, they need to think of uh, of up-and-coming athletes because, I mean, Emma Lunder is also not super young. Um, Christine Gao is, is, I mean, obviously younger than his, uh, brother who just retired, but not by 10 years or anything. So, um, they, they need to have, uh, give, give younger athletes the opportunity as well mm-hmm. Yeah, and give the experience. So I, I guess from that perspective, it makes sense. And it's no. also not a Norwegian situation where there's, yeah. you know, yeah. five 30 year olds still fighting for a spot while there is 20 under 25s fighting for it as well right so um can i can i just use this as a moment to say something real quick like mm-hmm. it is almost unfair what the norwegians have going on I uh I, just from looking at their like doing the the season preview and i haven't written it yet but they have just an enormous number of incredibly talented young people um mm-hmm. And I and I think I mentioned to you, but like it, it still shocks me. You go back and look at Lagride, and he had what like seven total races before he debuted on the World Cup. Mm-hmm. I mean, we never even see these people because they're just too many of them. They can't start them all every single race. Yeah. There needs to be a diaspora. Move away, people. Come to Canada. <laughs> Come to the United States. We need you. We will welcome you with open arms. Yeah, but it, but it is the reality, right? Like you yeah. you don't make the team there, and in a country like Canada or U.S. or other nations in Europe that are smaller. You'd be the the top guy or girl on the yes. team, yeah. And, that's, and uh, uh, it is and, uh, and Germany as well. I heard there's mm-hmm. a lot of young German uh, athletes. I think specifically on the women's side that are that are now fighting for all those spots and just not enough room. And it's yeah, it's and you say it's unfair uh, when you compare U.S. to Norway, but I also think in a, in a sense it's unfair for for the athletes themselves. Cause I mean, in the mm-hmm. end it's the, the world cup to decide who is the best athlete in the world. Yeah. So if the 20th Norwegian athlete is better than the third American athlete, or just picking numbers here yeah. in a way, but yeah. I, I get it. you like, you don't want, you know, hundred people in the field and, and, uh, you know, 35 are Norwegian and 30 are German and, bunch of swedes in there and then you have the one occasional north american like i get it but it's uh yeah i i I actually completely agree with what you're saying right you want to see the top athletes and if the top athletes all happen to be norwegian and german then yeah uh, it's 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 almost it's you you end up with a lot of athletes who are sort of they're blocked from being able to show exactly what they can do because yeah there just aren't enough spaces but it reminds me, can... uh, and I brought this up before, the, yeah. the speed skating in Holland. Yeah. Because I, I remember there was a, an Olympic 
uh, year where they did. So there's the 10 kilometer race. And because mm-hmm. they take quite long, they don't have many competitors. And I think in one year, if, if they would have just based it on the season results, combined season results for that distance, I think over 80% of the participants would have been Dutch at the Olympics. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah, and, and I think that. that's the same same with uh, what it could be with biathlon. So, yeah, but yeah, their depth is is incredible. Yeah, um, that sorry, that just made me uh, the talking about the the young Canadians uh, made me think of that and just mm-hmm. having to having to build depth where you know the Norwegians don't have to build depth. It just sort of you know falls out of the hills. Yeah, and we we have a Canadian athlete who I think is going to be on the IBU Cup uh, Kiers. Mm-hmm. Who uh, actually trains in Norway this year? Ooh, or last well, year. that's exciting. Last summer, I suppose. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, he uh, he moved there full time, I believe, and uh, oh, training cool. with. Uh, remember with? Um, uh, oh, I need to get these these names lined up again. Our uh, our good friend from uh, Greenland. Ah oh, yes, yes, Ukalek. Yeah, Ukalek. Sorry, uh, the the, uh, the, uh, the the what is the name of the team? Uh, Mac Maxim. Yeah, I so she's in one yeah. of those professional teams, yes. and uh, and Kiers yeah. is also in not yeah. in her team, I believe, but but, but uh, another one of those one of those professional one of those teams. teams. Yeah. Uh, speaking of young uh, Canadians, though, Pascal Pascal Paradi P A R A D I S. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, definitely a name to keep an eye on. Um, uh, just she's what twenty years old, but uh, has I think uh, pretty high potential. And um, on your we, website, you can read why. Yeah. <laughs> Bounty loop. How's that? How's that? How's that? How's that for a tease? <laughs> um, so uh, they, you asked uh, about the about the U.S. team, and had I heard anything about the U.S. team? And and really, no. Uh, there's not been a lot of news except for today. Uh, speaking of news, uh, we need like the alarms. Bar, 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 bar. Um, the U.S. Uh, team did announce who is going to be on the World Cup and the IPU Cup squads. They also said. For American listeners out there, and I maybe should have said this at the top, that uh, the World Cup will this year be on Eurovision. You can actually stream it live on Eurovision. Nice. So, yep. So I guess that means NBC is throwing in the towel and not even going to put it on Peacock without broadcast or without uh, without commentary. So um, I don't know what that says for, for Peacock. But so uh, hey, we get Eurovision, the, so I'm happy about that. What is the uh, the best way you think to convince the IBU or whoever brought makes the actual broadcast to uh, add uh, Chad add Chad to their Man. broadcasting team because with all due respect for the two guys the two yeah. British guys that are on there at least one of them could be replaced by uh, by, by Chad. Chad yeah or yeah so what I think we should do is uh, start an online petition because that usually works yeah. but maybe not through Twitter because that no. might be a, <laughs> a waste of energy at some point <laughs> Get a lot of Twitter bots and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and upvote it. Um, yeah. No, so uh, uh, yeah, we'll. Um, that's a good idea. We'll have to see if we can raise a uh, raise it to somebody's mm-hmm. attention. Any new names on the on the yeah. team? So uh, the women are going to have DJ Irwin and Joanne Reed uh, leading the leading the charge, and then Kelsey Dickinson uh, and Chloe Lovins and Tara Garrity Motes um are going to be uh three relatively new names kelsey dickinson has had a couple races here and there but and the last one is a athlete who jumped over from yes. the uh is it nordic combined 
Yes. Yep. That, yeah. The, the jumping into cross country skiing. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Curious so about her. Exciting. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, and then the men: uh, Jake Brown, Sean Doherty, uh, Maxime Germain, and uh, excuse me, Vaclav Cervenka. So that last name, obviously, a new name that I don't know a whole lot about. Did you not mention Paul Schumer? I did not mention Paul Schumer. Is he not on the team? Mm, I don't know. He trained with the team, but it doesn't hmm. look like he's racing. So I don't know. No hmm. news there. Okay. Yep. That will need some investigation. Yep. Because <laughs> I did so, see that he had a new video recently, but uh, yeah, and he, he he had been posting all summer long. So uh, I guess we'll we'll need to find out. And in other transfer news with the U.S. team, um, mm-hmm. Max Cobb, the yes. I think he was the head of the, he was the head of U.S. Biathlon. He's now uh, part of the IBU leadership leadership committee, uh, committee yeah. or something yeah. like that, yeah, which I think is great the- to have uh, North American representation on there. Well, I think we might be a little bit overrepresented. We've got him and uh, Claire Egan. We're going to take over the place. Is she still on the athlete committee or no? I think... But if she's could, not still on the athlete committee, she graduated to some other committee, but she is definitely still involved. Yeah, because I thought with the athlete committee, you can only be there a certain amount of time after your last race. Because mm-hmm. I remember with Lesser retiring that he said, you know, I could stay on for a little longer, but um, not not for very long. But um, yeah, would be uh, should be interesting to... Uh, to see the North Americans this year, as usual. Um, is the, the World Championships are in Germany this year, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Was it Oberhof or Rupel? Mm-hmm. Oberhof. Oberhof, yep. yeah. So I do wonder if uh, how that's going to impact certain athletes' planning, especially on the German side. I think Benedict Dole made a comment about that that's his mm-hmm. main goal for the season. I think several of them have made, made comments about how they really want to be in peak form for... Mm-hmm. For, those, for those championships. I know Denise Herman uh, mentioned it as well. Uh, again, I apologize. I forgot her married name, so um, I'll, I'll work on that. It does but, make um, you wonder a little bit, because um, both uh, Benny Dole and, and Herman are a little yeah. bit older. Yep. If if they have a successful world championship, if that uh, would be a yeah good way to hang them up, hang the skis up, but... Uh, wouldn't surprise me, and, and and if that is all it is for, if that's uh, the end of the career for Dole, then that is quite the turnover the last few years for, mm-hmm. with Pfeiffer and Lacer and Dole all in succession. Yeah, for sure. Because do you know where the World Championships are the next time, by any chance? I do not. Okay. I maybe they haven't been assigned yet either, but uh, anything else that you heard or... Uh, that's about it. I, you know, I, I think at this point I'm pretty much just ready for the racing to start. Yeah. Let's yep. see who's actually showing up and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, get my uh, get my previews done and then uh, get ready for someone to to you know make them look foolish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, so so I've been doing a little bit of work for the next Biathlon Insider. I'm not sure when it's going to be published, but uh, that is exactly kind of, what I was about to ask you about. Was uh, was uh, was there anything you wanted to tell us about? Well, I mean, I don't want to talk about it before it's published, but um, let's just say it's a statistical view of uh, some measures 
of the last six uh, overall title winners. Mm. And then also their averages, but also their sort of lowest values. So the, the, the concept being, what do you need at least to, to win a globe? And comparing mm. that to uh, to last year's statistics of all athletes, yeah. as well as their uh, the average of the last three years. This is something, so, yeah. Just so, kind of a, you know. Yeah, so basically, like, uh, and, and I'm, without without seeing them, without having them in front of me, you shared some of the data, but without having it in front of me, looking at sort of a baseline of, of where your shooting needs to be, where your skiing needs to be in order to be counted as a in contention. That's yeah, and it's you know it's very black and white in the sense of either you you pass the benchmark or you don't, which of yeah. course is you know there's a difference between being just below one and just above the other, or being just below one and being well above the other, and mm-hmm. that's yeah, not right. in the, yeah. the whole model or yeah. anything. But uh, yeah, just a I guess a, a fun way to uh, to look at the new season coming up. Mm-hmm. And, um, some names had- I didn't see coming, and oh. maybe because it's just strictly looking at uh, at the uh, the statistical numbers. So um, there may be other reasons why they would never be considered a contender. But uh, yeah, hopefully that will be published in the next couple of days, and then uh, after that, I'll also make a um, interactive version available through my website and uh, mm-hmm. the Tableau public site so that people can set their own benchmarks and then compare which athletes yes. would uh, meet those based oh. on their previous statistics. Honestly, like that's the kind of thing that you could monetize because th- I would play with that all day long. I would be like, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be just like changing the, changing the data a little bit. And, and let's be honest, my, my goal would be to get uh, Lisa Hauser to the number one spot, but um, (laughs) (laughs) all right. uh, That's enough with that. But I, I, any idea when that's going to be coming out? Actually, I don't, but um, based on the time frame they gave me to deliver, I would expect it not to be too long from now. And with the season coming up, my, my guess is either right at the beginning or maybe a little bit before, but uh, it'd be kind of weird to come out with season predictions Two, After, two weeks yeah. into the season so <laughs> yeah so hopefully uh hopefully we see that maybe uh maybe on monday is that a possibility i i really don't know yeah. if i could well, give we'll, you data we'll, i would but we'll uh, keep our fingers crossed for monday yeah um all right so uh i actually have a surprise for you rj I came up with a whole, I was sitting watching TV the other night. I came up with a whole host of questions, uh, seven questions each, seven about the men, seven about the women. And, uh, you're just going to answer quickly off the top of your head. Wait, you know, they're, they're pretty easy, pretty easy questions. We should be able to fly through these, but, uh, I am, uh, I am just really curious to see your answers. And these questions are in no particular order. They are not all about the, uh, not all about the, uh, the, the, the top, they are just sort of questions that uh that came to mind so okay. uh yeah let's see let's see how they can you go. just make a note of the time in the recording so that we can cut this out potentially if you uh mm-hmm. have a lot of questions that i can't yep answer absolutely <laughs> you're going to be able to answer these questions though these aren't like uh these are these are these are these are uh sort of oh, like it's not bets. like who was third in no the... no 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 these are not trivia like this okay. is uh yeah all right so we're going to start with the women okay yeah so switch on that half of your brain uh, all right. Question number one: Will Stina Nilsson win a race this season? No. Question number two: No, that was quick. 
I like it though. Uh, question number two: Will Lisa Batasi will she shoot over or under seventy-seven point five percent for prone? And I'm going to give you you can you can answer yes or no if you want, and then I can give you what her last couple of years were. Prone, you said, right? Prone, yes. I'm going to say over. Over. All right. So just so everybody knows, her last five years, she went eighty-six, eighty-three point six, seventy-eight point eight. 70.5, 55.5 last season. So we're going over 77.5 prone. Yeah, she's figured it out. Where did I the like 75.5? Was that the, the average of the five seasons? Yeah, it was, it was roughly. Yeah. It was a nice over-under. It, it, was a, it was a pretty number, I'll put it that Over. Way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, question number three, will Lisa Hauser win over or under one and a half races this season? Over. Uh, question number four. Will Tira Ekhoff race one half of the races this season? Will she show up on the start line for one half of the races? You can answer yes, no, or over, under. No. Uh, all right. So the this question is about the relay teams. Uh, excuse me. Nope, nope. We're going we're gonna to come back to that one. So uh, question number five. Um. Will the Swedish women put over or under 2.5 women in the overall top 10 at the end of the season? Over. Who will have more in the top 10 at the end of the season, Sweden or Germany? Men or women or both? Women. Oh, yeah, women, women right? Yep. Uh, more. All right. Um, will Marquita Davidova finish top five overall this season? No. Uh, and how many races this year will Elvira finish as the fastest woman on the course? Um, last year, I'm going to give you this one. I am going to give you reference for because last year she was she finished fastest in five different races. I think it will be more. Is it over under or over under five? Yep. Yeah, over. That's a good answer. All right, those are all uh, all of my uh, my questions here. So so we're going to come back and look at these at the end of the season, um, and we'll probably wonder why I asked some of these questions at the end because we're like, well, that was dumb. But here we go. We have RJ saying Stina Nilsson will not run a, win a race. Lisa Vitazzi is going to shoot over seventy seven point five percent. Lisa Hauser is going to win more. Basically, she's going to win two or more races. Tyrell Ekhoff is going to miss at least half the season this year for one reason or another. The Swedish women are going to put at least three women into the top 10. Swedes are going to have more in the top 10 than the Germans. Davidova is not going to be top five overall. And Elvira is going to be fastest in at least five races this year. Do you want to yeah. break or you want to go to the men? No, I would just say... Um... I hope Davidova will be in the top five, but I don't yeah. think she will. Um, yeah. I hope that Ekhoff will do more races, but I think sure. if she's going to be able to race, I think she will focus on the world championships. Mm -hmm. And I think with uh, Justine Brezat-Boucher um, having other priorities mm. right now, I think yeah. uh, Elvira is, uh, is going to Yep, so that was... I, I had forgotten about that when I when I wrote the question and I and I wrote this down to myself as you were answering it. I said no JBB. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree with all that though. Um, yeah, I think that's, those are solid answers. All right, 
Um, the men's. The men's questions here. All right. Okay. Question number one. Will Sterla Lagride shoot over or under 89% total this year? Under. Uh, who will win more races? Jacqueline or Lagride? Lagride. Um, which nation will end up with more races uh, by individual athletes? France or Norway? Ooh. I'm going to say Norway. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, hang on. On the men's side only, right? Men's side. Men's side only. Yep. Um, yeah, still Norway. <laughs> How many men will shoot, uh, will have an average shooting time of less than 27 seconds this year? There's a reason I asked this question, and this is solely because of the research I was doing for my project. And that's for both? That's just for men. Yeah, for standing and... Yeah, like, just average. Yeah. Yep. Oh, average between standing and pro? Mm-hmm. Ooh, how many? Ooh. Uh, five. Wow. So <laughs> do you know why <laughs> there were eight total last year and three retired? <laughs> Which, yeah, but we con- uh, conceivably we they should they should they, they might be able to do it again. How many? Uh, yeah, but you have to yeah, remember, no. too, we get more mm-hmm. young people on there whose whose yeah. focus is being on fast shooting. And I how many Canadians yeah. were on there in the five? Uh, I think that there were three in that five. Right. One of them being. Scott yeah, retired. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, add a two more of the new generation and then one uh, non-Canadian. It's going to be close. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, over under uh, for Samuelson here. Over under four, uh, 4.5 races as the fastest man on the course. For who? Sorry? Uh, Sebastian Samuelson. And then over under four. 4.5 races. Yep. For but he's going to be fast on the course. Ooh. Uh, under. And um, last one here. Will Lucas Hofer finish in the top 10? No. All right. So we have, uh, all right. So we have Sterla Legride is going to shoot under 89%. Legride is going to have more wins than Jacqueline. Norway is going to lead the field in most total wins this year. Uh, we're going to have five men shooting uh, with an average shooting time of less than 27 seconds. Samuelson is going to have under four races, uh, under four and a half races as the fastest man on the course. And Lucas Hofer, unfortunately, is going to finish outside the top 10. According to RJ, you heard it here first. He is an ardent Lucas Hofer hater. <laughs> no. No, Don't no, say no, that. No, no. I really we're like obviously him. no. Yeah. I, I'm asking you. I'm asking you hard questions. Yeah. I'm asking you hard questions. We are. Uh, we're obviously hoping hoping good things for everybody. This is just rapid fire questions. Uh, last big thing I wanted to do was uh, I think it's time we're going to make some predictions. Okay. Um, and uh, I I've done a couple of these sort of as uh, as awards, right? So uh, preseason awards, um, predictions. 
Um, you can you can pick one person, you can pick five people, you can do whatever you want to do. Okay. Okay. So, first one I had was the uh, the uh, the Sterla Holm Lagride Award. Um, I don't care; it's my first year. I'm going to compete right away. Uh, this is our award for best young athlete. Um, basically, it's our, our under 25 award. Um, you can't pick uh, anybody who's formerly won the blue jersey. Whew. I'll go first. Uh, this is not just for you, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw yeah, yeah. on mine as well. So uh, for the men, uh, honestly, I don't know. Uh, for the women, my 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 uh, mind initially went to Vanessa Vogt. Uh, but I think that she might have graduated out. Well, or didn't she not? Did she not win the blue bib last year? Oh no, she was, was, did. Yeah, uh, Vogt was the first uh, win that I came thought of. For you. Yeah, um, and and I'm going to combine for men's. I'm going to combine it with hoping that Bucken will recover soon. And uh, oh, that's a great answer. That's a great answer. I should have said that one too. Um, yeah, the other one I thought of was, uh, was, um, was it, uh, uh, FF Anderson, uh, the other, the other Philippe top Fjell. Norwegian. Philip yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that was the other yeah, one I thought of. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I hope that we're gonna see some surprises from young athletes. I hope so. Um, as far for women also, uh, so Vogt apparently is, is out, but Teresa Vorbonikova from the, the Czech Republic was my other was my other name I thought okay. of. Other names uh, that uh, could be on there, uh, Amy Becerga uh, was another one. She's a Swiss athlete. Uh, just throwing that out there. But, yeah. Um, hard, hard to compete with, uh, with Elvira if we're, if we're being yeah. honest. Yeah. Uh, all right. So do we have any, uh, any people that we really like that are going to come out, uh, sort of our Jessica Yaslova, Lotte Lee, Taro Sepola, um, sort of uh, mid mid career breakouts. Anybody that uh, that you thought of that uh, that uh, that you were thinking of last year that felt like they were just on the verge of something big. Um, I don't know if that specifically qualifies to your question, but I think Legrite will mm -hmm. get closer to his first season form. Sure. Yeah. No, um, I like that. Yeah. Um, women mid-career um, she's maybe not mid-career maybe past that a little bit but I really think that Julia Simon mm. will like that one a lot. have worked a lot on consistency and and uh, have, a, have a great season this year uh, that's a good one I, I did not think of her yeah and I think yeah, still so uh, Francisca Preutz ooh that's another good one and uh and Lisa Teresa Hauser. Ah, haha. <laughs> she's, I do she's I do it. think um Fitazzi, mm -hmm. um I'm expecting her to have a good season. Yeah. But yeah, those are the ones that come to mind. Yeah, I like those a lot. Um to add a couple onto there. I they these aren't these don't really qualify. I uh for the Italian men, uh Giacomel and Bayanas. Mm -hmm. I'm probably mispronouncing their names. They're they're still really young guys, but I feel like they've been around for a couple of years. I think they could, they could maybe. I don't think they're going straight to the top, but uh, I think they could. They could beat. Show some things. Maybe Felix Leitner from the Austrians, another one who could. He's been around for a few years. Maybe could. 
And um, up, how uh, old is, uh, well, I guess Christian Vettler, uh, yeah. Schuster Christensen? Yeah. I don't know if he would still, well, he's not really a surprise, I suppose. Yeah, not after last year. But, yeah, yeah. maybe, I hope that uh, Dala, because he's, I believe, starting at least uh, the first World Cup, also because yeah, they have a, an extra seat. Because um, was it Philip Fjeld or his brother who won the IBU Cup last year? Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, his brother. Anyway, they yeah. they have they have seven spots instead of six. Yeah, um, they got some. Well, they deserve it. So hopefully, uh, yeah, I, I I really hope that Dala can make a comeback and and make it very clear from the start that there's no need for him to go back to the IBU Cup. Not not at the expense of anybody else per se, but uh, he was so good. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. That'd be that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I like all those names. Um, then I had um, anybody that uh, finished high last year that you think is primed to slip backwards. Not that we want them to, but just seem to overperform. Somebody I was thinking of, for example, was uh, and I don't want to say this name too loud, but Jessica Jaslova seemed to have such mm. an enormous overperformance over her past that. Yeah. Uh, um, that it, it just it wouldn't surprise me. I, I definitely don't want it to. I love watching her compete. Um, definitely one of my favorite athletes um, out there. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe I'm trying to protect myself a little bit by anticipating her slipping backwards. But um, well, just, and I'm I mean, gonna sorry. No, I was gonna say her skiing and her shooting were both just had such huge jumps that it, it almost seems inevitable that a little slip back is, mm. is sort of gonna happen. Yeah, and I'm a bit, uh, and I'm contradicting myself but uh folk is also somebody who comes mm-hmm. to mind when i yeah. think well first year everything's new no n- not as much press coverage and yeah you're kind of more free so maybe she and she had a really good season um so i could see that go down a yeah. little bit but Absolutely. um i i i am not convinced that either bow brother is still going to be as good as we've seen them in the last couple of seasons mm-hmm. yeah um, so I think there might be a bit of surprise there and I mean if QFM can put another season like that together like mm-hmm. from from yeah. and, and Roisland too like they were so good last year that it's hard to imagine that they continue that but yeah who knows yeah um, and was there a, no yeah I, was, I agree with that and then the, the only other name that I, I thought might might slip backwards was was Christensen just because he was mm. same sort of thing it was it was right. sort of above where we had seen him but um, hard to imagine all of the Norwegians slipping backwards but because yeah. the Norwegians but I do think they're going to have a um, less than expected year though yeah just because the expectations are just incredibly high all the time uh, through, through the roof yeah. There might be some sort of yeah, they could totally prove me wrong. Set back after after the <laughs> after the Olympics, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right, last two. Um, any uh, uh, well, yeah, the last big one. Uh, who who are going to be the top athletes, both sides? Like Give win a, the total overall? Yeah, or? top five. Uh, for the men, I still think uh, QFM. Yeah, maybe not as dominant, but I still think he's going to win and i think samuelson will be close yeah for the women 
I don't know. I the women is really hard. Yeah, Shock, shockingly hard. So uh, just just so everybody at home, right? So there's Roisland, who's not going to start off the season. It doesn't sound like there's Elvira, her first big year, really with all the pressure. If if Roisland's not in the starting line to start, I mean, like yeah. everything's going to be looking at Elvira. Just looking at last year's standings, Lisa Teresa Hauser was in third, then Hannah Oyberg. Uh, Annie Chevalier-Boucher was in fifth. Denise Herman was sixth. Ellen Becca was gone. Uh, Justine Brasset-Boucher is, is on maternity leave. And then Vera was ninth. Davidova, tenth. Ekhoff, eleventh. Simone was twelfth. And then you're into Vogt and Tandrevold. And, and you're, getting, you're getting a little bit farther down there. But mm-hmm. that is a, I, you know, if Elvira feels the pressure, there are a lot of people who could compete for the, for the overall globe. Yeah, I I um I've done different types of analysis and nothing showed her at the top, but I still have a feeling that uh, Hannah Oiberg is um let's just say going to enjoy that the spotlights are probably going to be on her sister more than on her and actually benefit from that. So, I I if I would have to put my money on somebody right now, I would say uh Hannah Oberg. That would be that'd be quite something, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I think that's a I think that's a great choice. Um, look, sentimentally, you know, I want Lisa Hauser to to win the globe, but um, but then she'll never come on the pod. Then she'll never. Then you know, then she'll be too too big to come on the pod. So uh, we can't have that happening, right? <laughs> Um, I would say that uh, if I was going to pick somebody different other than than Hannah or Elvira, I would go with uh, Annie Chevalier Boucher. I don't know if she mm. can do it, but um, I think she has the the talent to do it. But yeah. we'll see. Um, yeah. Dark Horse. I mean, you mentioned Francisco Porza a couple of years ago. I think she was top five. So um, yeah, I think she's always up there. Like she's yeah. just yeah. And I yeah. like I said earlier, uh, Julia Simon. Oh, I don't know if you would qualify her as a dark horse per se, but I think uh, I would put her. As a, I would call her dark horse for the mm. for the overall, probably. Yeah, and I don't get me wrong. I don't think she will win the overall, but um, if she, like I said, if she can get a bit more consistent and uh, yeah, not have the occasional podium, but actually, I guess reduce her or limit her bad races, then I think mm-hmm. she'll be be up there. I, I just yeah like like you alluded to earlier um, I just really hope it's going to be a tight race with multiple uh, yeah athletes and and I think it has the potential to to become that it certainly does yeah, yeah. I uh, I I am I am hopeful I'm hopeful for that I think on the men's side same deal uh, it could yeah. be Quinton Fiume but I think Lagrade is there he you know he could compete like you mentioned he could he could slide back or he could take another step forward i have no idea i don't know what to expect from any of the norwegian men to be honest i have right. i have good arguments for and against all of them is samuelson ready is he could it be a, a swedish sweep i don't know well uh, and i mean Ponsaloma has has been very fast right yeah uh, and a little inconsistent with shooting but maybe he got it together too so um and and um emilien jacquelin i i still i really hope that he has figured something out mentally. Um, yes. Yeah. And can be a contender this year. And Lisa Fatopsi too. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's, that's another name. So. You know, she, look, <laughs> speaking of people who have, who have experienced being in contention, 
it's been a couple yep. of years, but she was right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think that about wraps it for our uh, season preview. Was there anything we didn't mention that uh, you wanted to mention? Um, no, I think, you know, it was good to, to catch up and get the biathlon brain started. Yeah. Um, didn't it feel like you had to get the you had to get the wheels moving a little bit? You totally. To, you know, yeah. Kind of break up the rust. And I see these these pictures of athletes in front of me, and I can't think of their name. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm just I'm really uh, excited to get the season started, and uh, and yeah, like I said, hopefully we'll have a close uh, close race. As much as I enjoyed watching almost perfection and dominance, I think uh, you know a close race. <laughs> Is uh, especially when it's not just two athletes. You can't beat it. I mean, Bo and Legrite was really cool two years ago, but uh, if you have like three or four that are still in the race with with a few races to go, yes. um, yeah, that would be wonderful. And I think, like you said, especially the women, there's a good uh, chance that that might happen. So seven or eight women who could all be right there. Yeah. So should be fun. All right. Less than a week, we will have the uh, the, the racing started. Uh, in the meantime, head over to biathlonanalytics.com. You can check up everything that uh, RJ was doing last year, including his amazing uh, WEISE statistical analysis for how to predict who's going to win, right? So yeah. uh, keep, that, keep that up. Keep that yeah. up during the races. And uh, you can plug and play and, and kind of get an idea of who's going to win when you're, when you're seeing different things happen, especially during an individual <laughs> race. Um, because those things are long. Yes. And uh, um, all the season previews are going on at penaltyloop.com. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, you want to spam us, send us an email <laughs> at pen- penaltylooppodcast at gmail.com. Yep. Or uh, send, us a, send us a message on, on Twitter as long as we got it. Yeah. And uh, I think it's good to say that we're planning on going back to a uh, weekly frequency. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we've been away for a couple of weeks, but uh, we should be uh, talking about biathlon on a weekly basis. Weekly frequency following up after the races after every week and maybe with some special guests uh, in between the races just for short pop-ins. We'll see how that works out, uh, but that's our hope. Looking forward to that. All right. Until next time. Yeah. Take care, man. See you guys.